everybody, this is Peter Diamandis here with my coach, my dear friend, Dan Sullivan, and it's another episode of Exponential Wisdom. And Dan, on this episode, I'm super psyched to talk about an extraordinary experience I've had that is the future of how we're going to interact with people around the world, which was me going into virtual reality, into high fidelity, and giving a keynote with a dear friend of mine who is one of the greatest thinkers in the world, Philip Rosedale, in the world of AR and VR. You up for this conversation? I really am, and I guess for about 20 years, I get speech requests. They entail that I have to give up a couple days of my life, get on a plane, go someplace, stay in a hotel that isn't as nice as my home, and have to talk to a whole bunch of strangers and then get back on a plane and come back home. And I said, you know what I'd like to do? I'd just like to do this in my studio be there so that they actually feel that I'm actually there and I can respond to the audience, but I'm here and they're there. (laughs) The technology has been a dream, but I read it this morning, your blog out to the A360 community is getting a lot closer. It is. And let me give some background on Philip Rosedale because he's a central player at Abundance 360 this year that takes place in January. About every three years, I'll pick up on the subject of augmented virtual reality to get where is it. And I think we're going from a deceptive into disruptive in this coming year. So I'm going to be featuring it this coming year. And so Philip, As I was passionate about space, he was passionate about virtual reality. And I don't know if you saw Ready Player One, which was uh, an amazing book, and Steven Spielberg made it into a movie Mm -hmm. and talks about where we're going in the virtual reality space. So Philip created something called Second Life. And in Second Life was his early version of this, and it's a crude version of avatars in a virtual world. But he built this company on Linden Street, and in Second Life, there are Linden Dollars, and his company was called, you know, I think Linden Technologies. But it has an entire ecosystem where people in this virtual world will build clothing and devices, and you can buy them from people. So there's about almost a billion dollar a year ecosystem of people spending real U.S. dollars in Second Life. So it gave him the promise of what could be. Mm -hmm. And what Philip did was to create something which is his next 10x, 100x version of Second Life called High Fidelity. He invited me to go and experience it, and it was awe-inspiring. So let me tell you the story. I always find your discoveries interesting because... You've already developed, you know, a game plan for yourself of how you would use these things if they became available. So where were you before you went there? And then what happened while you were there? Yeah. So first of all, about a month ago, a month before I did this, I was up in San Francisco and Philip and I went to a place called Doob, D-O-O-B, and we were digitized. We said, pick some clothing that you wear often. So I picked my typical button-down shirt and jeans and such. And I walked into a room that had about, I would guess, 60 cameras surrounding you and took one photo and digitized me in high resolution. He did the same. And then his team took that digital photo and turned it into an avatar, meaning a full-up digital representation that could make my eyes open and close, my mouth open and close, my arms articulate and so forth. So I didn't know, but this was a month ago. So it was time for our meet up in High Fidelity. And High Fidelity is his software ecosystem that he's built. 
and he sent two people up here to XPRIZE, and there's a conference room in the back of the XPRIZE offices that's a large volume area that we hold events in. And in this conference room, his two individuals set up a computer, and they set up these two towers, poles, that had at the top of them a non-visible laser that was tracking my body throughout this probably 20 by 20 meter space. I put on each hand a hand controller, on my chest a device that would reflect back the laser light, on my feet this two reflectors. And so the system now knew where my head was and when I was turning my head, knew where my hands were, knew where my body was, knew where my feet were. And it was able to take that information from the real world and make my avatar in the high fidelity world do exactly what I was doing in the real world. Mm -hmm. And so after I suited up, took better part of 30 seconds, I put on a virtual reality goggle, which called an HTC Vive. And it's the current middleware technology. It has a screen resolution of about 2K resolution, 2000 pixels. I'm not even sure if it's per square inch. I'll have to check. But anyway, and it's a couple of orders of magnitude less than our eyes can actually resolve. So it's not photorealistic, but it's enough to have a really decent world. I put on my HTC Vive and there in front of me was Philip. It was him as I had seen him a month earlier getting digitized, wearing the same getup, the same hairdo. And he was like, hi, Peter. I was like, hi, Philip. And it was so easy for me to slip out of the XPRIZE world to be there with him talking to him, listening to him. It was his voice coming in over my VR headset. And as I turned my head to the right and to the left, and he was speaking, his voice came into my left ear or my right ear or both ears equally. So this audio cues were incredible. And we were in what he called the green room. It was pretty much a gray room with one door at the end. He was teaching me how to use the system and how I could step three or four steps to the right or left. But if I wanted to move a long distance, I would use my hand controller to glide front, back, left, and I could actually jump or I could fly if I wanted to, which was amazing. Anyway, so he's like, he got me through the basics of being in this VR world. And he said, you see that door at the end? I said, yeah. And he goes, okay, as soon as you go through that door, you're going to be in a live audience of everybody who's come to watch us. And we had about on the order of 100 people who had registered, maybe 200 people. It was the largest live audience he'd ever tested high fidelity with. So he said, okay, I have a surprise for you on the other side of that door. So before you go out, go poke your head around the corner of the door so you're not shocked by it. And so I glided over to the door and I literally turned my head to poke out the side of the door. And it was like, holy shit. I was like, I was blown away. There... I was looking out the door into the hangar of scaled composites, and there in front of me was Spaceship One in all of its glory. I mean, this beautiful, high-resolution avatar of Spaceship One. And then to the right was the audience of avatars. And then I just look at Spaceship One again, and as I looked even a little bit further out the left, I realized we're in a hangar of scaled composites in Mojave, and past Spaceship One was the Mojave Desert with the runway and the mountains behind that. And I was like, I was speechless. I was not expecting this <laughs> by any means. I was expecting a room with avatars in it. But it was so showing me how I could be anywhere. And so he says, are you ready? And so I walk out. There was a big red dot in the center of the stage, like the TED stage where I'd given a couple of my 
TED Talks in the past. And there, down below the stage, were a hundred avatars in extraordinary garb. There were some sort of like uh, Renton avatars that looked like wooden stickmen. There were other avatars that looked like superheroes. There were a couple of women in very scantily clothed outfits that were like, you know, really hard for my reptilian brain to not Mm -hmm. look at. And it was pretty extraordinary in that this audience is here. And so I'm talking to Philip and we're having this dialogue back and forth. And every once in a while, one of the avatars would fly up and I would, it was like, what's going on? I would realize I forgot that I was in a virtual world. And when someone started flying, something would snap. There was a discontinuity and I would remember, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he said, Peter, I've actually grabbed your slide deck from one of your keynotes how about you give a presentation for us? So as if on cue, all of a sudden, these two large screens lower from the virtual ceiling behind me, and then a confidence monitor appears in front of me, and I start giving a keynote to the audience of avatars in front of me. And then after I do this for a few minutes, I'm having a banter back and forth with Philip. And then there were two microphones in the audience and the avatars would walk up to the microphone. I I remembered that Marissa was in the audience and I said, Marissa, you here? And then an avatar stands up and waves at me. And so I know she's in the audience and people were in from around the world and we had like 20 or 30 countries there. And they would stand up to the microphone. They would ask a question. I would answer it. And it was an hour and 15 minutes went by in a snap. And I completely and totally so many times forgot that I was in a virtual world. And I thought I was in Mojave giving a keynote. Now, I have to say that the fidelity of the goggles we're using were reasonably low enough where I had a hard time reading the confidence monitor in front of me or the screens behind me. But what's amazing is that Google has just released or announce these VR headsets that are going to be of a resolution so high that it's going to be basically the same as looking out in the real world. Mm-hmm. That's going to give us some amazing... So at the end of an hour and 15 minutes, he goes, Peter, listen, I got to go. And he said, I think you have to go too. So we walk on back. I give Philip this virtual hug. Now, I didn't have the haptic sensors to feel it, but it was so close, right? Because I could mm-hmm. see him reaching out and hugging me. And we're navigating each other's arms as we're hugging each other. And But the emotions were there. The emotions were there. I was like, dude, thank yeah. you so much. This yeah. was so awesome. And then I hear this disembodied voice from behind me saying, Peter, time to take off your VR headset. And so I reach over and I pull off my VR headset and it was dramatically disruptive. It was the most shocking part of the experience because all of a sudden, boom, I was in the real world with this very green carpet and around me, six or seven of my team, Greg and Marissa and Claire and and Max and, and Esther. And it was like, I totally forgot you guys were here. So these individuals were around me for the last hour and 15 minutes watching me walk aimlessly and make with hand gestures and so forth. But going from the virtual world where I'd been so comfortable into the real world was like this dramatic, it was shocking. It was shocking. Mm -hmm. So I was blown away by this experience, just blown away by it. So when is it that you cancel all your speeches now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's interesting, right? Because we're not yeah. we're not far from that. Today I turn away probably 
60-70% of the keynotes even if they pay my full rate just because I've got conflicts or I just don't want to get on a plane to fly to some other part of the planet or I don't want to be late home for dinner with my kids, whatever the case might be. What I've started to do is use a hologram technology that was introduced to me by Tony Robbins that he uses. Yeah, we saw it at the last A360. Tony yeah, showed it, up as it's a, hologram. a hologram. Yeah, And I think that's great. I mean, I thought it was super, you know, for certainly someone who hasn't experienced it before. It takes you by surprise. Yeah, it's very good. But the next generation of VR headsets are going to make being there as a virtual avatar and mm -hmm. you there as a virtual avatar where we can talk and say, come on, walk over here in the corner and have a private conversation, right? Extraordinarily powerful. Yeah. This is kind of like future hacking, you know, when you think about it, you're actually having experiences that will be future experiences for other people. And you talked about the Google duplex and you talked about this today. You know, it seems to me that you're actually having experiences that are not available right now to the vast majority of humans, but will have these experiences in the near future. That's an interesting phenomenon because you're actually going through the emotional experience. It is an amazing experience, and my job is to help people understand where it is today and where it's going to be in a year and when it's mm -hmm. going to be useful to them and to give them an over-the-horizon radar, mm -hmm. right, as mm -hmm. a means for here's the technology you should be ready to use. And if it's going to transform your business and industry, be ready for that transformation. Yes. Don't be the leader in it. Don't be impacted by it. Right. And so that's where I spend a large amount of my energy and time. You know, and Dan, you're going to have to deal with this personally. Yes, I am. No, I had it down on a goal 20 years ago. Because at the end of the day, you know, I spend probably four times more time getting to you than I spend with you. Mm -hmm. And you're worth it, no question about it. But if there was a virtual reality version of Coach, yep. that you were there and mm -hmm. I was seeing your presentations and I had my notes yep. and you could see me and all of that. And we could go off and have our lunchtime chats. And yeah. I'd be totally up to it. I mean, the fact of the matter is you get to a point where I would pay more for that mm -hmm. because I don't have to pay for either fly my own plane out or buy first class to come out and I don't have a red eye experience and so forth. And think about the size of your global audience mm -hmm. who could come in because, I mean, you do tap a global audience already. People fly in from around the world, but you'd have 10 times the audience of game changers on the planet if they could get time with you yep. in that way. So yep. it's, it's not ready for Dan Sullivan primetime yet, but I'm watching out for you and for our friend Joe Polish and everybody else in our ecosystem because yep. it's not far from that. Yeah, It's pretty extraordinary. Yeah, and all these sort of smaller technologies we use, like podcasts and like what we're doing right now, we're seeing each other. And my feeling is that... It isn't one thing that prepares you for a breakthrough. It's a dozen small resonant experiences of projecting yourself at a distance. And you don't go through the time change, too. You don't have the time change. You're going to be in a specific time zone. But at the end of the day, let's just say it's extraordinary. So, yeah. you know, this is the universe I'm in. And what I try and do is help people understand what's the technology going from deceptive 
too disruptive that's going to change their world, either how they deliver their products or services or how they implement their objectives in life. And this is what we do at Abundance 360 and Abundance Digital. So this year at A360 and obviously live on Abundance Digital, you're going to see two amazing technologies. One is Philip Rosedale talking about this and where it is going and when it's going to be available. Another one that I just spent time with the CEO, it's a company called Otoy. I'm going to be bringing Jules, who's the CEO. I do four times a month. I do a webinar with my digital community. So with Otoy, who is backed by J.J. Abrams and Steven Spielberg and all of Hollywood, they're creating the holodeck. They're creating the Star Trek holodeck in a way that blows my mind. So it's going to be a future without VR goggles where you step into your own room and your eyes are getting these light fields projected into them that make solid structures look very real. It's like you look over and it looks like a real person standing next to you and it is a holographic projection of an individual. And mark my words, that technology is in the lab today and coming to market in the next two to five years. So hopefully you can feel how I can't contain the enthusiasm for this. Yeah. I mentioned something just as we were partying when you came to the workshop, and it's just an insight I've been developing over the last year. As technology goes global, everything else goes local. So here's the thing. You're canceling your previously what was the most exciting opportunity in your life, and that was to fly all over the planet. But you get to stay local because <laughs> the technology allows you to be have a global impact, but you get to stay local. And my feeling is that we don't really like wasting a lot of our time traveling. Most people don't like wasting We don't. We don't. You know, in fact, I've got, as you well know, 360 CEOs that spend $15,000 a year to come to Beverly Hills for Abundance 360. And I love them and their CEOs. I committed to coaching for the next 25 years, but we have 10 times that group size coming digitally through Abundance Digital yeah. at 10 times less price. Yeah. So that becomes something which is a interesting price performance trade. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, fascinating adventure. Yeah. You know, when people didn't travel more than about 20 or 30 miles from home, somebody who had been 500 miles away is coming back and talking about all the experiences. But this is not distance travel, it's time travel. So you're actually time traveling here. It is. We're creating an abundance of time at the end of the day. You know, we have forever all been born with the same 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. And how we use that time differentiates us. Mm -hmm. All right. So a wealthy person buys back time by getting a jet and not having to go through TSA, LAX, BS, or by having an army of who's. As we talked about, that implement their house. Mm-hmm. And in this case, by one sense, using digital avatars mm-hmm. to obviate the need to fly any place and anyway. So it's amazing, right? We're creating abundance of time yeah. over and over again. Yeah, amazing stuff. Peter, always a pleasure. And all my coach people say they just love hearing your reports on all these breakthrough technologies. So it's a tremendous pleasure. And we'll be talking about that. I think we're doing a live webinar in the next couple of months where we'll tell everybody what's possible for them. Yeah, no, it's great. We're going to be opening up. We have, as people who are coach members know, if you're a member of Strategic Coach, 
you bypass a lot of the admissions process for Abundance 360, which is basically full. We sell out a year in advance, but we're going to be opening up Abundance Digital to the coach universe and super excited Mm -hmm. about that. And if anybody's interested in learning what Abundance Digital is about, you can go to AbundanceDigital.info and learn about it. I'm with that community every day of the week. For me, it's about how do I go 10x or 100x bigger? Mm -hmm. How do I impact 5,000 entrepreneurs, CEOs, owners, builders, creators to think in an abundance mindset? So AbundanceDigital.info if that's of interest. But pal, what I'd love to do on our next podcast is share a little bit about what are the most exciting technologies I'm seeing right now in longevity, in exponential tech, across the board. I can't tell you how fast things are moving. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to just share some of the speed in some of these key areas. Sound good? Wonderful. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Be well. Have a great day. Okay. Bye.